Welcome back to Redefine, the NC Realtors podcast. On this episode from the Redefine archives, we share a conversation about hurricane preparation and recovery featuring NC Realtor members Cynthia Walsh and Darlene Spivey, originally recorded in 2019. Every year from July through November, hurricane season brings uncertainty and challenges to the eastern United States. And in recent years, North Carolina has been faced with its share of destruction from some powerful storms. In 2018, Hurricane Florence pounded North Carolina's coast with intense winds and torrential rains, forcing mass evacuations and leaving devastation in its wake that is still being dealt with today. As residents of coastal North Carolina, Cynthia Walsh and Darlene Spivey are no strangers to hurricane preparation and recovery. Recently at Exchange 19 in Pinehurst, they sat down with NC Realtors Redefined to share their experiences with Hurricane Florence and what they've learned about disaster preparedness and recovery. Okay, Cynthia Walsh, I am the CEO of the Brunswick County Association of Realtors. I'm Darlene Spivey with the Noose River Region Association of Realtors and also the Washington Beaufort Association. Yeah, we um, were both, Darlene and I, were boots on the ground for Florence. I was at the southernmost point of the beaches where she came in in North Carolina. Dar- Darlene's almost at the northernmost point, so she had the brunt. Uh, we, at our home, were told to expect Floyd-like. We didn't get water in our house during Floyd, and we got three and a half foot in our house during Florence. We, um, our home flooded with, in less than 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, we had a house full of people because we have the generator that runs everything. We could cook. So our house was full of people, and um, neighbors that didn't have generators and just, you know, helped. Uh, another neighbor had health issues. They all came stay with us. Glenn's at EMT. Glenn's in the fire department. You know, it's just a safe place to go. So um, Glenn and I never went to bed. So everybody else went to bed. And um, Glenn goes out. We have a friend returning one generator back to us. He backs into the ditch. So Glenn goes out. We, had all, we moved all our vehicles because we knew how high Floyd was. We knew. So we were, we were good. So um, when Glenn went out to pull the guy out of the ditch, he had to walk to get his pickup truck and come back, pull the guy out of the ditch. Glenn comes back in. He said, you might want to gather up a few things. I think this is going to be worse than Floyd. So we go knocking on doors in the bedrooms, waking everybody up. And within just a few minutes, the fire department was there on PA, get out, get out, get out now. We walked out our front door, it was waist deep. So Glenn's got our dog like this because Not a small dog. No. (laughs) (laughs) Gilligan is not small. (laughs) Who has just had torn ACL surgery. So Glenn's got him up like this and I've got all the bags. And you pack the dumbest stuff. I mean, we (laughs) you get your medication. I got my wedding picture. I got my great granddaddy's pocket watch. Had seven pair of underwear. My mom taught me well. But I only had two pair of shorts and two shirts because I thought I was coming right back. You know? And here we go. The fire department had 
broken into the bus garage. Thankfully, we live in a small town and it was all cool. But um, they had school buses because the fire trucks couldn't hold enough people. We went house to house picking up people in the school, in the school bus, dragging them out. Then, then we went to a pretend shelter because our county had decided that none of our shelters would withstand the winds. So there were no shelters. So we went to a um, commercial building with a concrete floor, and that's where we spent the night with absolutely no bathrooms, no water, no food, no nothing. We spent the night until the next night, and then thanks to our sheriff, Ayuma, Arizona sent jet helicopters to get us, and they helicoptered us out. They took us to a um, shelter in Lenore County, which we were told we'd have showers, cots, hot food. All the shelters in Lenore County, sewers had failed because of the water and all the people. So there was 1,200 people in that shelter. So there was no food, there were no showers, there were no cots. So we sat outside, because I couldn't take my dog in. And I understand the process and I understand why, but we had just lost everything we had, but our dog and two bags. And um, we were not going to give up our dog. So I called my son, which was probably the craziest thing ever, who lives in Wilmington, but had uh, evacuated to Wake Forest, but his wife is um, emergency management of the New Hanover Hospital. She's on that team, so she had to stay at the hospital. So I called my son, who travels for a living, who has a travel agent, and uh, I said, I need help. I'm in Kinston. Now, mind you, if we, if we stood on our right foot, stuck our tongue out, and raised our right hand, and danced just a little bit, we could send a text. <laughs> the letter K would take 45 minutes to yeah, send. Yeah, it was, it was bad. There were no cells, no cell service. We no had nothing. tornadoes come through, so a lot of our towers got knocked down. Right. So you could not send anything out. You could not, I mean, very little communication whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Couldn't charge your phones because there was no power. I mean, it was just, so I finally got to Kinston, pulled, plugged my phone in, called my son, and he said, Mom, give me five minutes. He called me right back. He said, there are no hotels within two hours. Uber would not come. We had no vehicles. We were just, we were there. I said, well, I guess we're going to sleep outside tonight. We're just going to stay here at the community college on the outside. I hung the phone up, I thought, and sat down to tell my husband that there were no Ubers, there was no cabs. We were stuck. I buck dialed a friend of mine. He heard the entire conversation with me talking to my husband. And um, he called me every day. I don't know, God, I don't know. I hung up. I don't know how all this happened. But anyway, Scott called me back, who's my IT person at work. He calls me back and he said, where are you? And I told him where I was. He said, give me 10 minutes. And he called me right back and he said, I got you a house that you could come to and I'll pick you up. I'll, I'm on the way. I said, Scott, I've got six people and three dogs. Because I couldn't leave anybody that was in my house because one was an elderly lady, mm -hmm. one was my brother, and I had promised them that I'd take care of them. So um, Scott said, only you. Okay. I got three trucks coming. So three pickup trucks came, picked us up, and took us to a house in Cove City.
which is actually six miles from our home, but it took us 67 miles to get back to our home. We, we left on Sunday morning at um, about 2.30, and we were able to get back to our house Thursday for the first time, not in a boat. And then you drive up on Thursday, and your flood insurance guy is there with a hazmat suit on. Yeah, the full, you got a pair of shorts and a pair of flip-flops. It was, was uh, never forget it. Never forget it. Where my house is, my part of the county, I have a, Brunswick County is huge. It's um, 10,050 square miles big. So it's a really big county. So where we sat in the eye of the storm for three days. Mm -hmm. She sat in the storm for three days. So that was the difference. That's how big she was. And it was so we had this kind of like, we, we had a little rain, um, but now the northern part of my county was not in the eye. Right. So that was the difference. It just for us, it was a matter of where, where you were. Um, but so it wasn't, I didn't have the same. That's why I could kind of operate and get messages out to everybody and get information to people. And Andrea could call me and I could get to people where she couldn't. So that's kind of how I came into all this. And my county was really split, literally down the middle as far as how the damage went. So the southern part, you know, it was okay-ish. The northern part was a war zone. It was, it was like what she, you needed military vehicles to get in and boats and there was no driving and they were literally shove, shoveling fish off the road once the waters receded. And what happens for us is we become an island. Our beach county becomes an island. So you can't get in and out. So if you evacuate, you better be prepared to stay wherever you are for a while because if you know, they come up through from the south, so that blocks off Myrtle Beach, because I'm the last county, right? So, so that blocks off all those roads. And then she comes and sits. The western part immediately gets knocked out. You can't get through any of those western roads. And then for us, the northern part will usually flood out too. So that's what happened. We became an island. So after she had kind of stopped, maybe day three, we had run out of gas for the generators. So, and we have whoa, 15 gas cans easily, but we had run out of gas. Trying to find gas, because gas tankers couldn't get to us. And um, going in a food store and having nothing. The store's open, the power's on. There is not a gallon of milk, there's not eggs, there's not meat, there's nothing in anything refrigerated. There's no produce. It's only dry goods. That's all you could buy for a real long time. Yeah. A real long time. I remember somebody, a realtor from the western part of the state, she's like, I'm coming out and I'm bringing you food. I'm bringing you what you need. And she's like, what do you want? And at the time, my, my mother was living with me. And I said, my mom wants bananas because <laughs> I couldn't get produce. Well, she brought those bananas in, and I'm looking at them like, I bet I could sell these and pay the mortgage off on my house <laughs> if I did this right. 
because that's what a commodity. Like, for, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. So for us, we you know did all the outside prep. We got more gas. We got we were ready. You know, and the food and the the games and the candles and you know whatever beverages adult wise you need. You're ready. I think from the the office standpoint. We always prepare for for the worst because at there, at some point there's there's a cutoff where you're just going to be like okay we're going to give it up here, so you do as much prep as possible. If they close the county, I'm going in like it's it's a cat five. Well, a cat five is complete devastation. Cat four is almost total devastation. So you approach everything that this can be a cat three, cat four. I'm going to prepare as much as I can. And that's the best I can do. So for us, it's um, you, everything off the floor, including power strips, things you don't think about, right? Everything comes off the floor. Um, we made a conscious decision several years ago to only have laptop computers. There's no desktops. We have no file servers. Everything we are completely cloud-based, so we can grab our laptops and go. Because let's face it, monitors are pretty replaceable. That's not a big deal. Our phone system is, um, you know, is an internet-based phone system. There's literally we have no big pieces of equipment in our office. We are all laptops, grab and go. So we, you take pictures of everything, and you do this for your house too. If you don't do it once a year, and you live someplace you could get a tornado or something touchdown. Insurance has nothing to go by if you don't have pictures. So you've got to do pictures of everything, and um, everything gets off the floor and wrapped, including like your copier. Yep. <laughs> you know, you get ginormous plastic bags, like the body bag size plastic bags, and you just start wrapping stuff up. You wrap all your monitors up. You put your phones in plastic bags. Everything, everything, and you have hard copies if you are. And for anybody, you have hard copies of things like your bylaws, things like your policies, uh, your policy manual, your insurance policies, your emergency contacts. You have written down in a book, in a with a nice, you know, <laughs> protective sheet on it. You have all of that with you in hand. So I have like a go bag of documents. And you know, it's just a lot of people didn't have. Some people didn't have everybody's phone numbers. Yeah. And I, I've said that. I said you put everybody. So for us, it's everybody in our you know our job. Put all put all of our phone numbers in your phone. Yep. Because you're you're not going to be able. You're not going to have the wherewithal. <laughs> you may not have the electricity. You may not have anything to get. And you those will phones. not remember them. Mm -mm, you won't. I don't care how many times you've dialed. Yeah. You won't remember. So get your. Um, your contact lists in order. The last thing I do before I shut my computer down before a storm is I download a list of all my members. So I have that. So there's my there's my go list for our emailing information. You join every every Facebook group, every email, everything you can. That's county emergency management. Um, the weather, anything in your area, you start to get on those mail lists now. The emails, the Facebook groups, everything, get on it. State and county both have the websites that tell you roads closed, 
right. what's happening. That's very important. So, I mean, like I said, you know, we were six miles away and we drove 67 miles to get to the town. Yeah, we still couldn't to get to our this home. way to get anywhere. But um, NCDOT does a great job on their website. So yeah. that was another thing that, um, that we did. There we, I mean, I think between Darlene and I, we've put together this list of, of you know, things you should join, things you should know. And from my standpoint, I was gathering all this information every day. And once a day, I would sit down and I'd put together a, here's what you need to know. Here's the updates from these places. Here's their links. This is where FEMA's gonna be. I always ended with, this is where they have food if you need it. They have hot meals if you need it. I would send that out and I'd do one communication a day. And for me, what I said was, um, I would always put my personal cell phone in that email. And I know like one of the first times we had said that, a lot of the AEs in the room were like, oh no, not that. <laughs> but um, it was what I got recognized for as far as thank you for opening yourself up. Now my, and my phone did not ring off. It wasn't like, no. you know. Everybody from across the state stepped up and did wonderful things yeah. for me. Uh, with gift cards and, and I mean it was amazing what what they were able to do and the food that she brought to our town and Fayetteville I mean they had UPS just dropping UP, once they could run UPS was just dropping supplies off at mm -hmm. our town hall to help everybody in our town so it was they went above and beyond and and it it makes you feel good I mean I've been here doing this job 34 years and it makes you you know you know, right? you know. So post-storm, <clears throat> a lot of people wanted to give us food, wanted to come to the association and do all this work. And so Brunswick County was incredibly well-prepared as far as organization goes. My county is phenomenal. We had a central hub, we've always had a central hub that handles um, food insecure, in our county and um, does an awful lot for that. We have two big groups that handle the children at school for the food insecure. So everybody wanted to bring us, well, well we're, we're, we're filling, we're going to Costco, we're gonna get, we're gonna bring it to you. And I, I said, no. First off, we, we are in a building, an office building with other offices. We don't own the building. I can't set up food distribution there. Number two, I don't think people realize how big Brunswick County is. What am I doing with food in one part of my county? I have 1,000 square miles. My county is divided now by water that people can't get to me. Who's even gonna come to me? Or know to come to me. Come, this is not my lane. This is not what we do. We don't do food distribution. I'm going to give you to people who do. So, you know, know what it is you want to, is this what you want to, is this what you want to do? Do you want to be in your building without power, <clears throat> without water, without anything distributing food to the county? I mean, for me, my staff is myself and five other women. Is that really what we want to do? And definitely, you know, when you're on the other side, when you are the people that want to help, 
we definitely appreciated the help, but I appreciated people who called yeah. and said, what do you need? And listened to what I said to them as far as, this is what I need and this is where you can bring it. Because you run into, again, like we're seeing in the Bahamas right now, the warehouse full of things that are going bad. And you don't, we don't, you know, don't just because it's what you want to do to feel better about making the situation better. No, 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 no. Just, just pump the brakes on your side. Let me tell you. And then how that will be the most helpful. For sure. Everybody wants to send water. Yeah, oh God. Ooh. Oh my God. The water. We, we still have. don't need water. Yeah, like, we don't either. <laughs> Are you prepared? Visit NC Realtors Disaster Planning Resource page at ncrealtors.org slash hurricane resources, where you can find links to preparedness and recovery resources and find out what Cynthia and Darlene recommend you should do now to be ready for the next storm. Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefined by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud.